From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. Well, we're halfway through our 2021 NP Week series on nurse practitioner leaders, and it has been so inspiring for me so far. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I urge you to take some time to do so this week. Our conversations with Dr. Frank Minoli and Dr. Beth Haney shouldn't be missed. Today, the focus turns to leadership in NP organizations. As president of AANP, I know the amount of work that goes into running an association, and I am so excited for our guest to share her story with us today. She has over 20 years of experience in emergency health care, including pre-hospital, emergency department, critical care access, and trauma care. She is a professor of nursing at Vanderbilt University, where she has led the ENP program since its inception in 2006. And she is also currently the executive director for the American Academy of Emergency Nurse Practitioners. Please help me welcome Dr. Jennifer Welbeck. Welcome to NP Pulse, Jennifer. It is so nice to have you here with us today. Thanks, April. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, this, this whole month, we're really getting geared up for Nurse Practitioner Week. And in Nurse Practitioner Week 2021, we're going to be having some fantastic podcasts with amazing nurse practitioner leaders very much like yourself. And so that's why we're talking today, but I just can't go a moment without just applauding every single one of our 325,000 nurse practitioners. Every one of them is leading each and every day in so many ways. And so I'm just thrilled that for NP week this week, this year, we're going to be um, interviewing and highlighting many of our fantastic nurse practitioners, just like you. So I am just thrilled to have you here today and would love to just start off by letting our audience know just a little bit more about you. Can you share more about your professional journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure, I can. And it's funny listening to you introduce that, April. I'm thinking that was not the way I started, right? So <laughs> my uh, my journey into nursing and then as an MP was not a, a straight shot for sure. So I always knew I would be in nursing, um, but when I got to college, I actually went and changed my major minor form because it wasn't on computer, right? So I had to walk to the registrar and change it. I changed it seven times. And so (laughs) I tried English, I tried psychology, athletic training. I mean, I ran the gamut, but ultimately I did end up in nursing and I had done emergency care before I got to school. Mm -hmm. So when I was 16, my parents let me start volunteering. Like I had 
a candy striper uniform, the red and white mm-hmm, little, mm-hmm. You know, smock thing. So I had done that. I got through um, nursing school. I stayed in the ED. I tried um, CCU, ICU care. That was not my thing. I went back to the ED. And so I've stayed there. Um, I did acute care nurse practitioner uh, was my first master's, the old school ACNP. And then um, continued practicing as an NP in the ED and ultimately went back and got a postmaster's as a family nurse practitioner because Mm -hmm. I recognized there was a lot of people I really wasn't prepared to take care of uh, with that ACMP. So I went back and while all of that was going on, because I'm typically doing too many things probably at once, I ended up starting to teach. And so I, um, during that process, I've been teaching now for over 20 years. And so I started at the pre-licensure BSN level and then moved into teaching at the uh, MSN level. And then I guess most recently, my newest hat in my career has been um, to serve as the executive director for AAEP, the American Academy of Emergency Nurse Practitioners. Okay. Okay. So you are have done so much throughout your career, and, and so you're an emergency nurse practitioner, and, and you're also faculty, and you teach students, and we'll talk a little bit more about both of those in a moment. But just everything that you just described kind of makes me think, oh my gosh, this she is so busy. Can you just describe a day in the life of, of you, of, of Jennifer, and how you do all of this? So what's a typical day like for you? So it's crazy. And there's probably not a typical day because I am doing so many different things and they overlap. Um, But I like that, right? I like the um, the change. I guess if I had to say what is typical, I, um, I get up early. So I get up early. I um, have my cup of coffee and I sit down and um, try to nail out my emails. I try to come up with a plan for the day, at least have one, right? It rarely plays out the way I had hoped. And I try to do that before my family is up. So I feel a little more centered and ready mm-hmm. to, uh, to tackle the day. And then it depends if I am teaching that day or if I'm going to be having a clinical day in the ED. Um, and then whatever it is, especially if it's a teaching day, then I, I almost always end my day with my family and um, craziness of sports and kids and homework and, and that kind of thing um, before I get up and do it again. If it's a clinical day, it's going to be different, right? Every mm-hmm. day that I'm there, um, which I, I treasure those, um, those changes. So I guess the answer to what's a typical day is there's not one. There's not one. You know what? What you just said is really very much like the emergency department. It's always exciting. There's always something different happening. It's never the same day, two days in a row. And so your life almost mirrors, um, you know, what we would see in the ED. Now, you mentioned your family. So um, I noticed when we just started our podcast today, we saw a picture of your kids and they are so cute. Tell me a little bit more about what you do outside of um, being working in the ED and teaching. And sounds like you've got a busy personal life as well. Yeah, I was actually cutting up ribbons right before we started this for um, birthday goodie bags. So um, I am married. I have three kids. I have two middle schoolers and one that's still in elementary school. And then I have two dogs. We got a brother and a sister uh, uh-huh. right before the pandemic hit. So two puppies. Um, 
So yeah, we're busy. As far as hobbies, I, gosh, I don't know. I think that's evolved um, mm-hmm. as our kids have grown up. I was really into scuba diving before um, oh, wow. I got married. And somehow that changed to snow skiing. I'm married into snow skiing. I um, am trying that. But we've been doing this. We've been married 16 years. So I've had 16 years of skiing and I've made it to blues. I'm a solid blue at this point. You're a solid blue. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I took out my ski instructor the very first time we went. And okay. I was proud. I mean, he was 70. It was awful. Um, well, if you're going to take out it, did you tell him you were an emergency? I could uh, take care of it, right? Okay. <laughs> So you so can take care of him. doing something. That's right. It's fun. We're just uh, moving around. I spend most of my time at some sports field or, you know, in a gym somewhere at a pool. That's great. That sounds like so much fun. And it is just so much fun knowing you. I, I, I love um, you've always got so much going on in your mind and you're working on this and you're working on that. And I love when I get a text or a quick email saying, OK, I'm working on the manuscript about this. Can you weigh in on that? And I'm thinking, I just cannot keep up with this gal. Um, but it is so exciting. And, and you're involved in something that's incredibly exciting. And that's why I was so excited about being able to interview with you today um, because the emergency nurse practitioner, even though the emergency nurse practitioner has been around for a very long time, the actual formalization of the role, like an actual title, emergency nurse practitioner, is is newer. And it's yeah. it's much something that's only evolved over the last few years. And so I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about the evolution of the emergency nurse practitioner role as it is today. Sure. And, you know, I appreciate, April, that you even recognize that it's been around for a long time. Some folks think that this is, you know, a totally new approach. And there's certainly um, been a tremendous amount of growth. But the role itself, I mean, nurses have been providing emergency care for decades. And even um, at the NP level, um, that has been around for a long time. And so probably over the past two decades, you'll see that there's been that big um, push for recognition of the role. The first um, master's level program was in Texas at UT Houston, and that was in 1994. And so really, that was when things um, began to take off nationally. In 2006, when I was teaching at Vandy was when things were really kind of heating up as far as NP education for emergency um, NPs. And 2006 is when we started the first program um, at Vanderbilt, where we had our, our students were trained both to sit for family as well as the acute care certification exam. And they had emergency content threaded throughout that. And so from there, um, so much has gone on in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been um, new organizations formed. There have been scopes and standards that have been developed for ENPs, competencies for ENPs. And um, then ultimately, the certification exam, which okay. has really changed the landscape in a lot of ways for us um, in that regard. So 2014 was when AAENP was formed. And I was thinking back today um, in preparation for this, 
One of the things that stands out the most in my mind was as we were thinking through, gosh, you know, we, we've been here. The EMPs have been in this space. How do we get recognition for that? The certification exam continued to, you know, pop up mm-hmm. over and over. We needed that recognition. And so it was in 2015 that we met with the leaders of AANP certification arm. Right. And thinking back on that, it, it happened at NOF, at the, the National Organization of Nurse Practitioner Faculty. Mm-hmm. We were in Baltimore, and it's when they were rioting. I don't even remember what the problem was, but there were riots, and we were on the top I level. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was on fire. They, they, were, they were evacuating that. hotels, mm-hmm. and we're on the top level of um, in, in this meeting room trying to convince the AANP certification folks that this was such a critical moment. And thankfully, um, we all came to realize that it was, that it was truly needed. And from there, I think we've seen additional attention drawn to the role. We've made additional um, progress, but that's really, um, you know, the more recent history of the evolution. And, and we've just been able to sit back and watch it grow. Right. It's, su- it's such a unique role. And so just as you described, um, nurse practitioners go into different specialties and the acute care specialty, you know, it's, it's, it's that acute care in hospital work, the, the family uh, nurse practitioner across the lifespan and uh, a lot of the chronic conditions. And the ED is really the intersection of both. And the skill set and the competencies and the, um, you know, what you have to do to be qualified and experienced and be a very effective emergency nurse practitioner, that's very unique. And so the fact that you um, were involved in that meeting at the top of that um, building in Baltimore was a really pivotal, pivotal moment. Um, and I'm so glad that the American Association of Nurse Practitioners said, absolutely, this is where we're going. And we have that emergency nurse practitioner certification today. Um, just off of the top of your head, do you have any idea how many emergency certified emergency nurse practitioners there are out there today, just in our, in, in, in our country? Yeah, I think certified wise. And remember, before the exam, there was also the portfolio, too. So those folks are still certified as an ENP. So that's about fourteen hundred. The the crazy thing, April, is there's about 17,000 EMPs out there. So it's it's hard to get a good take. We've worked, honestly, with AANP because you guys have so much of that data, right, Mm -hmm, of where mm -hmm. folks are. And using those numbers, um, the best estimate is that there's 17,000. And um, AANP, you you mentioned that you were proud that they had, you know, helped us with the certification, you know. AAMP has also supported the emergency NP role by um, the SPG. So that community um, has Mm -hmm. grown as well. And there are 1,700 um, 1700 participants in that um, AAMP SPG. It's a mouthful for um, emergency care. So it's so so neat to watch it. Yeah. So the specialty practice group, so AANP, for those who are listening, um, AANP is a professional home for all nurse practitioners. And as we all know, every nurse practitioner is focused on a particular patient population. So there are different specialties. And in order to really be the home for so many different specialties and types of patients that we care for, we formed these specialty practice groups or communities 
where you can really interact and network and learn from others with very like interests, very like um, roles and positions that they hold. And I, you know, when you told me that the the emergency medicine community was 1700 strong, I, I was surprised. I, I didn't realize that it was that big. And I took a look and, and we have a couple of amazing nurse practitioners who actually co-chair that community. And that's Paula Tucker and Melanie uh, Gibbons-Hallman. They both are amazing uh, nurse practitioners that lead that community. And, and I think emergency nurse practitioners ha- actually step up and they, they are nominated and um, take the reins of leading the community. So it's really quite led by itself. You, you interact, you network, you work together. And this is all within the umbrella of AANP. And I love hearing the different conference presentations and different things that come out of the work of, of that community. So Jennifer, you had mentioned um, that you're also faculty and you, you know, I happen to know you actually built this program at Vanderbilt uh, from the ground up, and it's just been fascinating to watch. Tell us more about your role as faculty there at um, Vanderbilt School of Nursing. Sure. So um, I mentioned I have been there almost 23 years. So my role has evolved over that time. My current title is academic director for the emergency nurse practitioner program. As far as what I do, um, it's honestly, it's reflective of ED practice. I'm doing a lot of different things. So it's curriculum design. It is mentoring our students, but also mentoring faculty who um, might be looking to um, do their first publication or put together a new way to engage students in a classroom. I work with the students, obviously teaching both didactic and also clinical um, skills. You mentioned ED care is it's heavy in skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when our students are, um, are in the classroom with us and we're on campus, I always say we have our toys in our hand. And so we're doing, you know, we're practicing intubations or splitting or suturing techniques and um, all of those kinds of neat things. But, I, you know, as I think about it, most of my time is spent mentoring some, some either it's a student or a faculty member um, looking for scholarship efforts or other program directors across the country and helping them to look at different ways to provide that education. Mm-hmm. You love that, don't you? You love the mentoring piece. I can tell. I'm a relationship person. I yeah. think when it boils down to it, I enjoy getting to talk with individuals and help them figure out what they can do to address, you know, whatever need it is that they see, you know, to empower them to go do something, fix Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. make it better, make it better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you also mentioned the fact that, and I've really, I'm, I am so amazed every day being faculty myself, but, you know, listening out in the world as people talk about nurse practitioner education. And I, I feel compelled to just, shout from the rooftops about how how deep and the depth and the breadth of of education that goes into preparing a nurse practitioner to practice. And so you mentioned the didactic pieces and the um, clinical hours. I mean, you've got to spend clinical hours and especially in the ENP program, you're spending clinical hours in the emergency department, in acute care and family. I mean, you're you're spending tons of hours out there caring for patients as you're going through the program. 
But you also um, really focused a lot on procedures. So you just went through a few of them. And you and I talked about um, a lot of this as you were helping um, the medical center right next door get their uh, emergency nurse practitioner fellowship up and going. There are a lot of um, procedures that have to the students have to learn. Now, do you um, incorporate simulation or anything like that into your program or are all of these procedures learned in the moment um, in the ED or how does that work? Our patients hope they're not learned in the moment, right? <laughs> Goodness, um, that could be disastrous. So no, they are, um, our students get to do a lot of different things. And I think that's the benefit for schools that are lucky enough to have a partnered medical center with them, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, um, we do a tremendous amount of task trainers. We do um, simulations, whether it be group simulations, whether it be um, individual sims. We, over the past few years, one of the things that I've enjoyed the most are phone simulations. And um, so we will call students up and, you know, maybe it's a uh, pretend EMS call. So paramedics are calling in and they need orders. And how do you handle that? Um, Those can be really fun. We also spend some time over in the cadaver lab because of our partnership with Mm -hmm. um, the medical center. We're able to do some skills over there as well. And then certainly students do um, get to perform these skills in their clinical practice as well. Right, right. I, I always have a picture of you. Um, I think you um, led the class when I was learning suturing and we were all uh, all set up in a, in the classroom. This was so many years ago, but we all had our little chicken parts and we were suturing and, and, and it was really important. I still remember to this day how before any of us could leave that room, we had to be, you know, we had to check off that competency. We had to pass off our our suturing technique and it's not easy and tying off and you, you know, helped us go over and over again, how to tie off our suturing. And um, I, I think that's one of the aspects of NP education that I absolutely love that it's very competency based. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you don't move on until you have mastered that competency, whether you've been in that, in that practice and picking up hours for a hundred hours or 500 hours or whatever it might be. If you haven't mastered that competency, you're not moving forward. And I think that's something that not everybody understands about uh, NP education and especially with emergency nurse practitioners, because you never know what's going to roll in that door of the ED. And I think a lot about those nurse practitioners that are working at community and, 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 uh, rural hospitals where that's it. I mean, it can be uh, across the gamut um, who's going to roll in and um, and they have to be prepared for that. And so I, I, I applaud you for all you've done uh, with the profession, with your students, with your patients. You're still practicing. You're still practicing, aren't you? Are you taking care yeah. of patients? And, and there's a lot of COVID patients coming in through the ED right now. What's yeah. that like? There are. It's been um, it's been challenging. And that might be a nice way of saying it some days. Right. So I um, I actually during this have transitioned and tried to pick up some hours in the walk in clinic. I'll laugh because I also tried to do primary care 
um, once as well and realized I'm supposed to stay in the ED. That is where I was created to be. I am. And um, so, yeah, I've I've navigated to the walk-in clinics and then back to the ED as well. Um, I do enjoy that. I enjoy working with patients in that short time span and and helping them get the care that they need. However, we need to make sure that that's arranged. Um, But it's been busy. It's hard. It's challenging. You know, I'm not working full time in the ED. So I think that allows me to come in maybe a little more rested. I feel like I'm able to give some of my colleagues a break that are having to do this day in and day out. It's easy for me to pop in and do a shift or two and then leave because I'm not carrying the weight that they are when they do it over and over and over. So I do feel like that's part of my role is to offload some of that stress and give breaks where I can. Yeah, it does sound like it's a lot more challenging um, these days in the emergency department and in the hospital for nurse practitioners and and all healthcare workers. It's, uh, the pandemic has really taken its toll um, on healthcare workers as a whole. So you work part time in the ED, and then you spend your full time um, and a half, and and probably double full time as an instructor and a faculty member and teaching students. And it's, it really looks like you love it. And um, it makes it, it's inspiring to see, but there's got to be some challenges uh, with that role. Um, can you share with us any challenges that you have experienced as a leader in education and in this field? Sure. So, you know, I think the biggest one is that because our graduates from um, from Vanderbilt go and work across the country and even outside of the country, right? So they go to Guam, they go to Virgin Islands. The challenges that I feel like I encounter are very diverse, but I also feel mm-hmm. like it gives me a good pulse check of what's going on. And, you know, I think some of the biggest things that we run into all stem from almost where we started our conversation. So it's the awareness of the EMP role. It's how our EMPs trained. And because individuals, whether it be the uh, the hospital, whether it be a um, staffing company that's hiring someone, whether it be a third party insurer, um, we've had lots of challenges helping individuals, helping those groups, those decision makers Mm-hmm. understand what the EMP brings to the team, how right. we're prepared and what are our capabilities. And so, you know, I think the role and especially that certification is new mm-hmm. and um, state boards, state boards of nursing, just they're not sure what to do with us. Right. right. So there's been a tremendous amount of education geared towards helping those individuals understand um what we can do and and what changes do we need to make? What do we, maybe your laws are outdated. Maybe your state board regulations need to be refined or revised. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think the pandemic has highlighted some of those areas, right? As some states have allowed um, people or allowed NPs to practice differently. We're like, hey, look, we can do that. So I think that's a huge challenge is just that educational barrier, helping people to understand what we bring to the table. And then I think the other thing is um, the lack of research that that EMPs need to get involved in. We know what we're capable of. Mm-hmm, we know mm-hmm. the outcomes that um, that we can encourage, but we haven't done a really great job of showcasing that. 
So that's something that I know my colleagues and I have been working on, and I'm encouraging all of the um, the students with whom I work. You guys do awesome things. Let the mm-hmm. world know. Get your stuff out there. Publish these results. Let's look at some outcome studies, and let's show the things that we are able to do and the impact um, that we're making. Unfortunately, things need to be they need to be um, evident either on a budget or in some Mm -hmm. type of number. Um, And I think that's an opportunity for us moving forward is to to provide that to folks who need it to make better decisions. Right. Sometimes you're working so hard and you can imagine how hard the emergency nurse practitioner is working every day. It's hard to step back and say, okay, let me, um, you know, write about this. Let me publish, let me disseminate this information. And I have to applaud you again, Um, Jennifer, you have published quite a bit. And for our listeners, please just Google Wilbeck and you will see many, many um, publications come up. And they are many of them are about the nurse practitioner, the emergency nurse practitioner role. And you also mentioned um, the states. So right now we have 24 states in D.C. that have full practice authority. And what that really means is that those emergency nurse practitioners in that state are able to practice to the extent, the full extent of their education, which you've just described very well. So the full extent of their education and their training, and you've talked about that. And now um, this very specific board certification. So they are board certified um, and they've been through a lot of, of training and education, both on the acute care side and the primary care side and specifically in this space. So they are really, really prepared uh, to practice and to care for patients as they do. And and you're right, we should be really shouting from the rooftops again, showcasing uh, the value contribution uh, to patients and to patient care and to healthcare uh, that emergency nurse practitioners bring each and every day and each and every night because it's 24-7 in the ED. So, um, Jennifer, where do you see the ENP role going in the future? Well, I can tell you where I hope it's going, and I hope that it will be that increased recognition that I was just referring to. And I think what you will see, because we've seen glimpses of it during the pandemic, is that the role is beginning to expand beyond the hospital walls. So that care isn't just taking place when someone comes to a hospital that care is being rendered in the back of a helicopter or in the back of an EMS truck or mm-hmm. even in someone's home, right? So we've seen an increase in the diversity um, of where our EMPs are practicing. And I think that's only going to increase in the coming years. That's right. That's right. I, I, I love that. And, and, and again, the pandemic has um, unfortunately, but also fortunately, really highlighted that need. And so many of the emergency nurse practitioners have stepped up to meet those needs. And you're right, taking care of patients in the home and the, and the space uh, beyond the emergency department, because emergencies are happening everywhere. So any words of wisdom that you'd like to share to for our nurse practitioners out there that are listening today? I don't know that I have words of wisdom. Oh, you always have uh, maybe some words things that I've learned the hard way. That's probably a better those lessons uh, better learned. Question. I do have. I'll tell you, I have a plaque in my office, and it says, um, "A thousand mistakes are the education of a lifetime." If you learn something from each one, 
And I I love that because I think the EMP role has been one heck of a journey. But professionally speaking, if you advocate for this role, that has allowed me to grow more than I would have ever imagined. And so the things that I've learned along the way, those missteps have really refined me as a provider, as a leader. And so I would just say, step out there, just do something, even if it seems so daunting, just do it, get out there and get it done. And I guess, um, see, I told you I have no original wisdom whatsoever, but there's another um, quote hanging up in my office and it says, do what is right, not what is easy. And I think MPs do that. We do Mm -hmm. the hard things. And so in this role, if we will simply keep patients at the the center of our decision making, the right thing just becomes clear and then it's easy to do that. So I guess that's all I have um, as far as. My, my wisdom, borrowed wisdom. Those are beautiful words. And, and those are actually just knowing you, you live by that every day and you're not afraid to step in and lean in and take on those challenges. And you've done that with the emergency nurse practitioner role. And you do that each and every day as you're caring for patients. And you've just outlined so beautifully all of the work that goes into and all the education that just wraps around that Uh, emergency nurse practitioner as they move to graduation and they get out into practice, they're they're very well prepared and equipped to care for patients in that space. So I just want to thank you so much. I I really, you've highlighted one additional space that NPs lead in every day, and that's in the emergency uh, room in those emergency departments across the country and across the globe. And in many of these countries that don't have brick and mortar EDs, um, we see emergency nurse practitioners really branching out and and making such a tremendous, tremendous impact. And I hope that you can look in the mirror and, and see that you have pioneered this work and you've had a tremendous impact uh, to this specific specialty and, and a far-reaching impact to patients everywhere. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jen. It has been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. This was fun, near and dear to my heart. So I appreciate the invitation and to celebrate Nurses Week. That's right. Happy National NP Week, everyone. Thank you, Jennifer. When NPs come together, we can accomplish great things. Thank you for all the incredible work you're doing at AAENP. As AANP's 2021 NP Week membership discount continues, I want to urge you to become part of your National Professional Association. All this week, you can save $21 on an AANP Nurse Practitioner Membership. Simply visit aanp.org to join and use the discount code listed in this episode's description. This week, the world celebrates you and the incredible work you do going the extra mile each and every day. Please subscribe to this podcast, share with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. (laughs) 